Welcome to the Gospel Revealed Podcast. I am Michael, your host and teacher. The Gospel Revealed Podcast is the place where we inspire you to study the Bible for spiritual growth. And the Gospel is the message of the entire Bible. And we want you to grasp it for the correct understanding of God and His Word. And today, our message is titled, What is the Gospel? And so here, I'm going to clearly explain what is the gospel. And so let's go over to the message. In 24th October 1929, the American stock markets crashed, leading to the Great Depression. It spread across Europe. Over 37,000 businesses went bust. Unemployment skyrocketed. Suicide rates went up. The divorce rate hit the roof. People were living in desperation, darkness, and great difficulty. The president at that time in America, Roosevelt, announced the New Deal. The New Deal was the good news to rescue people from the Great Depression. So in the beginning, there was a great crash, the fall of man. Adam and Eve rebelled against God and they fell. As a result of that, there was destruction and death. And so the good news, it It is what's needed. And that was God's rescue plan, the plan of redemption. And so today, we're going to be looking at the gospel, which is the good news. My title today is, What is the Gospel? And so, Father, we give you this time. We thank you, God, for the good news that you sent your son, Jesus, to rescue us from our sins, God. And I pray, God, that this word, this news will come alive in our hearts and it will radically change us and see and grasp how great you are and what you've done for us. You know, the gospel simply means good news. And the Greek noun for good news is evangelion. Then the Greek verb is evangelizo, which means to bring or announce good news. Both words are derived from the noun angelos, which means messenger. And you see, in classical Greek, an evangelos was one who brought a message of victory or other political or personal news that caused joy. It is a messenger of gladness to proclaim good news. And so people that are in serious predicaments requires something good. They requires a good news to rescue them. And so therefore, the good news, the gospel, is the message of God's son Jesus to a world in darkness, but also People who are under God's judgments. And the good news is Jesus offers salvation and a way 
to God. And that's the good news. Because without the good news, we are doomed. The whole of creation is doomed. And so we're going to look at the gospel today. Paul clearly explains the gospel in 1 Corinthians 15. And we're going to be looking at the first nine verses. It says, Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved. If you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. For I am the least of the apostles, unworthy to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. So in these verses, I see five important aspects of the gospel. And so we're going to quickly look at them. Firstly, the gospel is Christ-centered. And then it's biblical, historical, universal. And fifthly, it's personal. And so let's look at the first one. The gospel is Christ-centered. So if we go to verse 3, it says, For I delivered to you, as of first importance, what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scripture. Here, Paul is making a serious case of the absolute importance of the gospel that he personally received from Jesus. Listen to this. It says that Christ died for our sins. And so therefore, the gospel is Christ-centered because it is Christ that died for our sins. The gospel is about Christ, not about you and I. You see, humanity problem is sin. That's why Christ died for our sins. Jesus' death is a substitute for hopeless sinners, but also for those who are under God's wrath. That's why it says in Romans that for the wages of sin is death. That is what we deserved. But then we have the good news. Christ died for our sin. We deserve death because of sin. The gospel is Christ-centered because scripture is centered on Christ. Here's the message. You see, since the beginning, when Adam and Eve fell, God gave a message stating that the seed of the woman will crush the serpent's head. 
And that was Christ. Genesis 3.15. And all the Old Testament saints were looking towards his appearing, the Messiah. The prophets predicted the appearing of the Messiah. And you know what's interesting? The prophet speaks of Jesus' miraculous birth, perfect life, suffering, death, and resurrection. It's all about Jesus. The Bible is about Jesus. The Bible is the gospel message to fallen people. But then verse 4 tells us that, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the scripture. Jesus Christ is the only person that points people to himself and he predicted his death and resurrection. Without his resurrection, his teachings would have just been a nice moral ethical rules to live by. But the resurrection makes it solid. Christianity is solidified by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And that's the difference with other faiths. Without the resurrection, our faith is useless. The joy of the gospel is the resurrection of Jesus. Because he rise from the dead, all those who are in Christ will rise from the dead. Listen to what 1 Corinthians 15, 14 says. And if Christ has not been raised, then our preaching is in vain and your faith is in vain. You see, everything hangs on the resurrection. So, the gospel is Christ-centered. But secondly, it's biblical. Verse 3 again, it says, Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. You hear that? In accordance with the scriptures. You see, some people think Jesus is one of many prophets in comparison to other religion. And that he just appeared from the blue and made all these claims. As a result, he acquired many followers. But that's not true. Because there's enormous credibility to Jesus and a direct origin from God's word. You see, the truth is, Jesus was mentioned in scripture since the fall of man. Jesus is the good news that will rescue sinners from death and to make a way to God. There were over 300 prophecies in scripture about him looking forward to the Messiah. And Jesus and his work. And so it's not random. He is from the beginning. That's why he says in John chapter 1 that the word was with God. The word was God. And then he goes on to says that the word became flesh. So Jesus is the word. Jesus is God. He appeared to us. He revealed himself to us. He is the word that was mentioned, that was talked about. He is the message of the gospel but then now he appeared in the flesh Jesus's work which is the gospel is in accordance with the scripture all the prophets speaks about him 
at least most of them, people like Jeremiah, Isaiah, Micah. What's interesting about Isaiah, he gives a detailed explanation of Jesus Christ as the suffering servants. And that is mentioned in Isaiah 53. It's absolutely incredible. Let's look at five verses. It says, Who has believed what he has heard from us? And to whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? For he grew up before him like a young plant, and like a root out of dry ground. He had no form of majesty that we should look at him, and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men. A man of sorrow and acquainted with grief. And as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he has bore our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. Upon him was the chastisement that brought us peace, and with his wounds we are healed. That is absolutely incredible that Isaiah gives a detailed account of what will happen with Jesus Christ. And if you read Isaiah 53 and then go back to Good Friday, it will just play in front of your eyes. And so the gospel is biblical but then thirdly the gospel is historical verse 5 and 6 he says and that he appeared to cephas then to the 12 then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time most of whom are still alive though some have fallen asleep here, Paul is making a claim of an historical account. We see the language of high witnesses' accounts. You see, the gospel, the resurrection, it's an event that happened in history. Even a secular historian covered the resurrection, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. The first century historian, Josephus, mentioned Jesus in his historical accounts. You see, the resurrection is historical, but not scientific. The difference is, scientific account, you will have to prove it by having an experiment, staging an experiment, but that is different. With the case of an historical account, you'll have to depend on eyewitnesses' accounts, but also written records. It's the same like the Battle of Waterloo. It cannot be proven. That happened sometime in history, but you have to depend on the written records and eyewitnesses' accounts. So the same for the resurrection. It is true. And it's something that happened in history. In the movie, The Case for Christ, an investigative journalist who is also an atheist had the greatest shock of his life. His wife became a Christian. It troubled the man so much 
as he tried to talk his wife out of it. But there was something radically different in this man's wife. And so he devised a plan to prove his wife wrong, that Christianity is fraud and that it is for sad people or for those who just want to be happy or to find purpose and meaning in their life. So he went on a journey to investigate the resurrection of Jesus. He did a thorough investigation of the resurrection and he came to a reluctant conclusion that the resurrection was true. But also he had an encounter with Jesus. He told his wife and they celebrate their mutual joy together. It's an incredible movie. I totally recommend it. The Case for Christ is a true story that happened to a family. And it's actually the guy Lee Stobel. He is a pastor. You see, the gospel is real and true, not just a man-made theory. You see, there were lots of theories in those days about the resurrection, about Jesus' disciples. But what's interesting, they lived a radical life unto death. All of them were killed because of the message of the gospel, except for John. And so this gospel is Christ-centered, biblical, historical, but then also it's universal. You see, the problem is universal, and that is sin. And death came through that one man, Adam, and spread to all. So salvation comes through Jesus, the second Adam. And that was what the Bible was speaking of, about the seed of the woman, Abraham's seed, who will be a blessing to all nations, that through, the, through Abraham's seed, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So first to the Jews and then to the Gentiles. And so this gospel is not only for certain groups of people, because human beings are sinners, and we have a problem that we need healing. And Jesus Christ stripes has healed us, has saved us, and made a way for us to be adopted into God's family. But this is the case of for those who will believe. So the gospel is universal. But then lastly, the gospel is personal. You are a sinner, as I mentioned, and needs salvation. The gospel is not just a message or history, but a reality that can transform your life. It's good news to you because you are a sinner under God's wrath. As you trust in Jesus, you will be saved. And this is the case for those who have not made that decision yet or who have not had an encounter with God. Because just like Paul, who writes this letter, had an encounter with Jesus on his way to Damascus. He had this encounter with Jesus himself. He never liked Christians, but when he encountered Jesus, he totally impacted his life. And so maybe you need an encounter with Jesus, and that is personal, and that is possible. You see, the gospel is not a way to escape hell and God's punishments. 
The gospel is actually a way to know God and to enjoy him forever. The Bible says eternal life is to know God. John 17, 3. So question, is the gospel only for salvation? Because some of us think that's what it's all about. Let me read a quote from J. Hampton Keithley the Third. It's really good. It says, the gospel is the message of the good news of salvation. The word of truth offered to mankind by grace through faith in the finished work of Christ on the cross. It is a message not only of eternal life, but one that encompasses the total plan of God to redeem people from the ravages of sin, death, Satan, and the cause that now covers the earth. That's absolutely good. You see, the gospel is, is certainly for salvation for all who believes. If you've not trusted in Jesus yet, then God's judgment hangs over you. But the good news is that God has provided a substitute in his son, Jesus. Today, you can know him and be saved because Jesus took our punishment on the cross. He lived the perfect life, the life I should have lived, the life that you should live. He lived that perfect life, but then he was accused, an innocent man, when on the cross, he was beaten, bruised, spat upon. But then he was killed. On the third day, he rose from the dead and alive. He's in heaven right now. If you put your faith in him, what you're simply saying that, I trust in God, what he has done for me, and I cannot save myself. And I don't want to face the judgment of God. So therefore, I put my faith in Jesus because he has been judged for me. And so you have that opportunity. You can be saved through the work of Christ. So the gospel saves. But not only that, he sanctifies. So sanctification is the process of you becoming holy is the process of you becoming more like Jesus and that is the work of the Holy Spirit and that is the work of God but also you have to work corporately alongside God in this and the gospel is for that first Corinthians 1 18 says this for the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. So we are the ones that are being saved, being sanctified, being changed, becoming more like Jesus. Preparing us for the coming kingdom. The gospel message is the good news to the whole of humanity. And the work of God to redeem his creation. The gospel is good. Without it, it's hell. Those who reject it will be judged and condemned to hell. It's the power of God unto salvation. 
And so we've learned that the gospel is Christ-centered. It's biblical, historical, universal, and personal. It's an incredible message that transforms a life. In closing, let me finish with a story. A bright young girl of 15 was suddenly cast upon a bed of suffering, completely paralyzed on one side and nearly blind. She heard the family doctor say to her parents as they stood by the bedside, she has seen her best days, poor child. No doctor, she exclaimed, my best days are yet to come when I shall see the king in his beauty. That is our hope. We shall not sink into annihilation. Christ rose from the dead to give us a pledge of our rising. The resurrection is the great antidote for fear of death. Nothing else can take its place. Riches, genius, worldly pleasures or pursuits None can bring us consolation in the dying hour. The power of the gospel and its hope is anchored in the coming age. The turbulence of this world cannot hinder the peace, joy of those who grasp the gospel message. Because of the gospel of God, neither life of suffering, shame, or demons will separate us from the love of God. But also those pains won't compare with the future glory you and I have with God for eternity. All because of the gospel. Thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope you find it helpful. If you have any questions, please email at thegospelrevealpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, and that is The Gospel Revealed. Please subscribe to the podcast, but also we'll appreciate if you leave us a review, a five-star review. This is for the podcast to um, reach many other people. We'll be starting a new series from the book of Matthew on the Sermon on the Mount, that is from Matthew chapter 5 to chapter 7. Till the next time, bye.